welcome to Backing Paper for another lovely Sunday evening recording with my most favourite person. It's Rachel. Rachel, hey. how are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm here. Um, I'm tired <laughs> from lots of work and things, but I am good and very happy to be here to have a chat with my with my favourite Graham. <laughs> <laughs> of all the Grahams. <laughs> I know quite a few Grahams, actually. Okay, so, you know, oh, that was a bold statement. <laughs> I won't hold you to it. Um, you have had another mad busy week, haven't you? Oh, I have. I'm sorry that I missed the show uh, recording. Was that the show or was that backing paper? No, that was the show, wasn't it? I mean both, but um, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh, yeah, But who's sorry. counting too? But Ooh. who's counting? <laughs> yeah, what, what a week. Um, yeah, I mean, in a way, it's been lovely because obviously I haven't been here. Um, it's been lovely because I've been doing some fun, exciting stuff um, that I can't talk about just yet. But I know that you alluded to that as well, which was which made me laugh when I was listening back to it. I was like, oh, it's being sneaky. Um, but yeah, so we, we will talk about that soon, I'm sure. Um, anyway, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And uh, but yes, just very busy and I'm, I'm quite worn out and everything aches at the moment <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'm uh, not surprised. Whenever you fill me in on what you've been doing, it always sounds like the most exhausting and stressful <laughs> of weeks. Um, the life of a self-employed multitasking photographer yeah. is not one that I envy. Uh, you have, you're have you doing so many different and varied things, and so much of what mm. you're doing is having to figure out ways of doing things in difficult circumstances. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a challenge. I'm a problem solver. I think. Yeah, I've <laughs> you always just have been to be, don't you? more of a problem maker myself. I think that's why it's not for me that that life. That's why we don't work together. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Rach, I'm glad you're here because we've yeah, got some cracking too. emails to get through this week. Uh, yeah, our listeners have once again come through in fine form, um, so we should have a look at those. I will take uh, this first one. Um, this is from John Michael Mendiza. Um, mm -hmm. And this is following up. So we had, I think it was when you were on actually last time, Rach, mm -hmm. we talked about um, ways of labelling negatives. Was that, that was yes. when you were, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Because um, I think everybody got a bit sweaty when they were listening to us, you know, <laughs> and, and our terrible um, system for organising. Um, but I was saying, you know, that I, I have labelled um I, as in i do label label all of my negative sleeves and things uh it's just that they're not in any particular order um is is the problem but mm. um i i feel you know uh that that's i feel kind of like what's the word um vindicated not vindicated what's the word i don't know just that i'm better than you at least oh God. well <laughs> i mean that is such a, it's low, a low bar, bar to oh, right. but, yeah um, but only, only just, only just, but uh, yeah. So, I, I was on that, on that uh, discussion definitely. Cool. Um, so, is this um, email about somebody else's filing system? Yeah, exactly. And this is great actually because I think this is something that might be useful to people out there. Because if you are like Rachel and I, and I pray to God you are not, I pray you're better than us. But maybe you are, and you want to get better. It's good to have some insight into how other people are doing it. So, um, John Michael writes. I'm all ears. In. I'm all ears. Okay, let's yeah. see if we can. Maybe we can improve ourselves. Dear Sunbeams. To add to the discussion started by Lucas, here is my solution for organising and naming my negative sleeves. Here is what my workflow looks like. When I get my negatives back from the lab for colour, or if when they are dry for black and white at home, I quickly digitise them with my DSLR. This takes about 10 minutes for a roll of 36 shots. Haha, <laughs> to all you flatbed scanners. <laughs> 
After each strip of film is captured, it goes straight into the negative sleeve, then on the top of the stack in the binder. The following information gets written on each sleeve. Roll number, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just started at one and count up. Camera roll number, um, says, says each of my cameras has a name followed by the number of rolls I have shot in it. Um, so for example, A1R5 would mean uh, that's the Canon A1 roll number five. Uh, the date or range of dates when the pictures were taken, film type and development info. So far, so good. Okay, but how do you find anything, you might ask? <laughs> My answer is Lightroom. Yes, it is a digital solution to an analogue problem, but it is 2020 after all. Once the negatives are digitised, I import them into Lightroom and add the um, roll hashtag Hash, yeah, hashtag as a keyword. Every camera has a collection folder. Each roll has its own collection, and the individual shots get renamed with the power of F2, uh, which is a Lightroom shortcut for custom name sequence. For example, A1 R5 36. I also try and enter as much metadata as possible, uh, at least camera and film type. This has been made much easier with the new version of the Negative Lab Pro plugin, which includes EXIF fields for the film shots. All of this takes a few minutes to plug in, but it means that I can look for any given shot in a number of ways. I can sort by camera, by film, by date, or by any other keyword I may have entered. And then, once I have located the picture in Lightroom, I can just follow the roll number to the right page in the binder. This all seems much simpler in my head, <laughs> and seems very complicated when I write it out, so I hope it's helpful somehow. I guess the most important thing is being able to search for that shot in a way that works for you. I can normally remember which camera I used, so for me that is a great way to narrow down the search. On an unrelated note, for anyone having trouble loading film onto reels, take a look at Triplex Tanks, uh, Triplex Dos in Germany. Um, oops, I've moved the thing away from the thing, didn't mean to do that. Um, these are old East German developing tanks, and there is no spool to feed the film onto. The film, what? yeah, I know. Sorry. The <laughs> not the devil, you say. The film and the knobby ribbon. <laughs> I think a f footballer from the 1960s, Nobby Ribbon, uh, get clipped to the centre of the spool and are wound together around the centre column. They can also be used for washy paper film or other non-standard films. In Germany, at least, they are super cheap. Here is an English link. Ah, so I'll check that out. Um, so that's more than enough from me. Cheers and looking forward to meeting up with everyone at the photography show in a few weeks. So that's great. Yeah, John Michael is coming all the way over here to come and to the, see us at the photography show. Oh, lovely. Very exciting. Oh, I look forward to seeing you, John Michael. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's interesting about the uh, the triplex tanks. Mm. I wonder if they work in a similar way to... Um, the backing paper onto film? Well, no, I was going to say to the lab box, because that you kind of clip into that oh. and then that winds in, doesn't it? So oh, um, I don't know. I don't have one, unfortunately. Um, no, yeah, no, neither I'm, do I. But, uh, buy one. Oh, but you know how it works. That's cool. Um, oh, that, then yes, maybe they are quite similar. It sounds like a good good plan. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. a good tip, because uh, loading film onto tanks is just one of those things where... Um, okay, so yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it here. Um, mm -hmm. So, okay. I don't... Yeah, 
I suppose, oh, okay, so you clip it on and then you do you still have to do it all in the dark. But um, mm. okay, well that's interesting. Um, what and how much are they? Let me see if I can find the price for these things on here. Uh, oh, okay, the one the one that's on here from the website Buy More Film Cameras and Film uh, <laughs> is four ninety five four euros ninety five for what? a triplex that's development. Tank. So that seems like it might be worth checking out. If if no, to a winner. <laughs> mm, no, it seems like at least this one is very much at thirty five mil only. There's no way you can expand it okay. out to be um, one twenty. But yeah, if you struggle with that, it might be worth a look. For me. Starting the film off in the daylight really does solve all problems with 35mm. Um, it's uh, as you've said in the past, you can obviously pull a certain amount out of the film. Sorry, you can just pull a certain amount of film out of the canister to start with because obviously you've already exposed that to light when you're loading the camera. Mm. So you can easily um, pull out enough to get you started onto the onto the reel, can't you? Before you then put it into the dark bag and then carry on. Uh, loading it yeah it does make it so much easier and, and admittedly not having to use the dark bag also makes things significantly easier being able to just stand up and let things yeah. um you know run yeah. out is it's a lot easier but uh yeah well, to do that just just for anybody who's listening who hasn't yet tried doing it like that um obviously you you can't take the lid off the canister because that would expose the film of course to light but this is if you've got one of those leader retrievers that you can pull the leader out of the canister in order to actually um, cut it off square. Um, so you've got like a flat edge to help load it onto the spiral and then kind of do that bit from in the in the daylight until you then put it into the bag. Yeah. I just wanted to explain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because all you need to do is just pull enough through to get it past the two ball bearings, which are what mm -hmm. rashes through, then turn off the lights again, and, and it yeah. it makes it so easy. And as long as you've got your hands in the right place and your thumbs over the um, the entry points where the film's going into, it doesn't come out of there and kink up, because that seems to be the number one problem, is that if people haven't got their thumbs in quite the right place over that, when they're winding it in, it comes off the tracks and then problems start occurring. But if you do that, it's all golden. Um, and then you just need to figure out a good way of doing 120 film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it remains a bit of a crapshoot because it, <laughs> the films are so varied some 120 film is super springy some is not so much some's very rigid some is very flexible oh it's a every role is a delight <laughs> um it's a new adventure an, exactly <laughs> a new adventure uh, do you want to take this next one rach from ian rosie yes sure and just also to say to john michael i really like that system that's mm. very cool um, and yes, as he says, you know, maybe it's actually simpler when you're actually doing it rather than writing it out longhand. <laughs> mm. um, I can I can see what he means by that. Um, so yeah, that's that seems a very good way of of tackling that problem. So yeah, Ian Rosie's written in um, to say hi, folks. Hope you're all well. If the problem in manufacturing a new analog camera is the lack of access to a limited run of shutters. As mentioned by Graham a few weeks ago, why not use electrochromic glass instead? You know, the type that you can, the, sorry, the type that can go opaque when an electronic charge is applied. I have seen this in like something like Grand Designs or something where they had glass that you put an electronic charge through and it went opaque and they used it as like a wall in a bedroom. Mm hmm. Don't know if you've come across that. <laughs> not not walls in bedrooms that can suddenly get all that sound. As long as it's the bedroom, not well. I mean, the bedroom or the toilet. And the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Power shortage. Power outage. <laughs> ah. Awkward. Everything's exposed. 
Um, so he said it could be simply, sorry, it could simply be fitted at the film gate as an on-off shutter. It could also provide the ultimate in onboard neutral density filters, I'd imagine, and no doubt some other features too. You can often look at what smartphone manufacturers are doing today to gauge what might be ahead. Unfortunately, usually a decade ahead for, for dedicated cameras. And of course, we see them already playing around with pho photochromatic glass uh, or photochromic glass for use as such things as an opaque panel to cover the unsightly mess of lenses found on the back of phones these days and can switch to clear for the lens to shoot through. So why is there not a Kickstarter for the development of photochromic glass shutters for analog cameras? Apart from any semblance of knowledge on the subject, what am I missing? <laughs> mm, uh, I guess that's the, you've asked and answered the question. Perhaps somebody with the knowledge isn't working in the analog photography community. Well, I've got some interesting news on this, actually. Okay. Well, not not exactly news, but uh, I have, I'm not only aware of somebody who is mucking around with this stuff. Ooh. Uh, when we were out on the photo walk around Oxford, there was somebody shooting with a camera using a photochromic shutter. <gasps> That's uh, so exciting! Yeah. That's literally what we've just been listening about. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so this is um, this is not sort of a Kickstarter, and this is very much somebody working on it in the uh, homemade camera front moment. And it is, uh, it's a name you'll be familiar with, Rach. It's um, Dave Walker, who's at Dave the Walker on Instagram. I am I not surprised. He, yep. He's always like, yep, yeah, experiment with this, try that out, make this amazing, incredible thing happen. It honestly blows my mind. Brilliant. Brilliant yeah. work. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, what Dave had done, what he created was he was using an old box camera. I can't remember what kind, but, you know, something like mm -hmm. a box brownie. I don't think it was a brownie, yeah. but that doesn't matter. But an sure. old box camera. And he had bought, and uh, I think what it was, was a um, welding mask, a special welding mask that had these um, photochromic lenses in that would mm. dim down to, to protect, protect your, your eyes. eyes. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. he bought a first one, and and what he did was he he needed two of these um, uh, panels, not lenses, two of these panels because you need to have them because the way they work, you need to have them at ninety degree angles to make it completely black. So, okay. so you need to have two sandwiched together at 90 degree angles. So he bought them and they were too big to go in the camera. It's like, okay, that, <laughs> that won't work. So he found another pair of welding goggles with small ones in. Uh, and he was able to fit them in there. He was using, um, I'm not sure what it was, something like an Arduino or something similar to that um, to run it all and a big external battery and everything. It was, you know, it was a bit of a cumbersome thing and it certainly wasn't all fitting in the camera. But absolutely worked he took some pictures when he was out around mm -hmm. oxford and i've seen these pictures and it works this idea does work um that's so cool so yeah it's it's really um really quite exciting and no i yeah. completely agree i think this is this is absolutely a um a field that is worth looking into um as with everything dave when's the kickstarter happening there you go. that's the question <laughs> that that is the question um so you know obviously there are there are issues with these things is it um making them small enough to be effective and all of this stuff fitting the camera that's that's i think is the hard part mm. because you can They're naturally do a... just bulky it's it's just well, <laughs> I, I don't think it's necessarily naturally just bulky but i think you, you clearly you can get them small enough but mm where getting them small enough and the things to run them and the batteries to power them and getting all of that um, in 
small enough quantities that you can, you know, that's where, because it's one thing if you're a mobile phone manufacturer and you're going to be selling hundreds of thousands, if not millions of units, you can buy and get manufactured loads of these little things, but I think that's a lot harder. Um, but no, I do think that that is, that is an avenue that definitely deserves to be looked into, especially for analog cameras that are you know, like the reflex uh, forward looking things. I mean, the reflex was already planned to have um, uh, Arduino stuff going on in it, wasn't it, Rach? I seem to recall mm. it, you know, it was already having um, stuff like that in. So um, I'll take your word for it because I'm not sure where, where we got up to with, with how that was going to work, actually. Yeah, but, I, cool. I, I think I think it was. Um, but yeah, plan. yeah. So if you go to, um, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'll try and remember to put a show link in the show. But if you go to, um, he is at Dave the Walker eighty on Instagram, and you can see this LCD shutter. Um, he's got some videos and stuff like there on it. So if that's of interest to you, um, check that out. Uh, very cool. As you said, Rach, Dave's into all sorts of fun games yeah. and um, yeah, lovely chap. He I'm sure is. he'd be happy to like talk it through with you and things as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, message. absolutely. But yeah, results out there from this system being used and working. Um, I think it's very cool. That's quite fortuitous, wasn't it? Ian writing in about that and uh, asking it's been answered. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the perfect link to because we've got another following up on the heels of one Ian. We've got another Ian writing in. This is mm-hmm. Ian Wallace, who coincidentally was on the photo walk also. Uh, uh, and uh, and also coincidentally, he's going to be talking about negative systems in a bit. On mm-hmm. anyway, he writes in to say hi, Graham. I had a great time on the Oxford Walk. Thank you. Oh, it was lovely to see you there, Ian. I heard you say in a recent podcast you like to see pictures of yourself. I do. <laughs> I am very vain. I was quite pleased with the attached image, although it's quite a simple shot. I felt that it caught the atmosphere of the day, and you're the star. Therefore, it's Did awesome. Did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had just the facts. Um, so this is a lovely picture. This was taken in the quad at. Um, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, I think it's in the quad at the Bodleian Library. I think. Anyway, uh, the people in Oxford are going. That's not what that's called. But anyway, it's in that general area. Oh, it's really good. It's you squinting at the camera. Yeah, looking up, taking the picture of something or other, and there's loads of people you, there. Are you shooting your myopic me stuff there? No, I think I was I using the Nikon. No, that's the that's the Nikon F3 I've got there. Oh, is it? See lots of people there. Sat next to sat, stood next to Jeremy in his beret, looking uh, very Gallic. Um, and um, yeah, it, as, he, as Ian said, it just captures the day. Us out there shooting, chatting, and having fun. So that was lovely. Um, I love that beautiful dappled light on the floor as well. Yeah, it was. We were so sunshine. lucky, yeah. so lucky. Um, I heard the discussion about naming scan files in backing paper this morning, <laughs> and smiled. You can see my system above. Uh, so um, let's see. I, actually, I, I need to zoom in on this because I can't quite make out because of the unique way that I approach putting things on. So um, okay, yeah, I can see how it's in. So hopefully, it breaks down a bit on this. So. This is the way that Ian writes it down. So he has the film number, so since I adopted this system, the type of film, camera, ME Super in this case, ISO, dev, and scan number on the film. So quite comprehensive again, uh, a bit like um, uh, John Michaels. There's quite a lot of information on there that I, I think would be super useful, which is like particularly the camera, the film, and the ISO that the film was shot at. I think that's... Because if you want to go back and compare just you need to have the ISO film because if you shot one at 400 and one at 100, it's like, why do these look different? 
Um, <laughs> he says, I laser print an A4 contact sheet of the scans and record uh, and a record sheet with frame locations, etc., to file with the negative page. If gosh, I'm really gosh. good, I take the blank record sheet with me when filming and fill it in at the time. I never believe people really remember the f-stop shutter and lens if they didn't note it when taking the picture. I rarely do. So these columns are often empty. <laughs> I never even give it a second thought. Um, best regards from Ian Wallace, who is at Ian underscore on a hill road on Instagram. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, once again, Rach, somebody doing a bit better than we are with these. Oh, um, yeah. It's not hard. but thank you very much for sharing that's that's awesome i'm glad it works you know absolutely at least on the folder front i do tend to have that information i don't Mm. i don't number things i probably Mm. should but i do usually have the type of film the camera the iso and what it was developed in it on the fold name for the film Mm. i probably ought to put that on the inherited names the (laughs) files but yeah we're gonna do um do you want to take this next one next one rach from chris the brand yes um says hello sunnies uh it seems like my last email got stuck somewhere i'm not the one who gives up so easy gosh did it i don't yeah. know but i, I mean I, either that or I completely we'll assume it. so <laughs> <laughs> um i have i have um a tip regard regarding heavily fogged uh, heavily fogged expired film i think this is something you were discussing wasn't it graham yes it is because the hc 110 i'm uh, not actually because the hp5 that i've got yes. the very old hp5 yeah old yeah um it they've said um use cold hc 110 diluted one to 100 um i have had great success with around eight ish degrees centigrade oh that's that's chilly very very chilly um agitate for the first minute as usual which is 13 turns for me then put in the fridge for 20 minutes (laughs) make three agitations and then 20 more minutes i presume they mean in the fridge stop and fix is also cold two and eight minutes gosh this will help with the expired hp5 and other old stroke film found films the picture i attached is from a roll of ilford fp3 expired 1962 and shot around christmas 2019 developed as above thanks for the entertaining podcast and keep up the great work goodness me that is an old film yeah that's a great great tip there i mean the pictures come out nicely doesn't it yeah it really does it it doesn't look like fresh fb4 but it doesn't look at all bad for film that expired in 1962 um and Yeah, uh, an unusual way of trying it, but I mean, certainly something I can have a go at. I mean, there's nothing in there that is going to be difficult for me to have no. a go at. So, I mean, that that dark shed of yours is freezing cold anyway. You'll, yeah. you'll be grand. <laughs> you yeah, haven't even exactly. got to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to be difficult. Um, so, yeah. Oh, okay, that's very cool. Uh, I might give that a go then, because um, yeah. it certainly does seem to have made a difference with this. I, I wonder how you end up finding this up. <laughs> Um, oh, well, let's just stick it in the fridge. That'll be fine. Um, I mean, I suppose, you know, the fridge and the freezer are used to preserve film anyway, and anything that gets cold is going to slow down a bit, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, that's true. That's true. It makes sense. Um, very cool. Thank you very much for the tip. Okay, this next one is from Tim Soderstrom. Apologies if I butchered all of that. Well, probably the Tim bit I feel relatively confident with. <laughs> that, I think I nailed that. Dearest Sunny Beams, 
I first want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your wonderful contributions to the film community. Hang on, I just checked the screen for my email address. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are all quite literally a shining beacon that illuminates the love of film <laughs> photography. Oh, that's very kind of Tim, you. Tim, you're making us blush. Yeah. Blimey. I look forward to your sweet. show generally every week. <laughs> I say generally, generally? because I usually, <laughs> I usually save the shows for when I am making darkroom prints in my converted darkroom bathroom, which means sometimes I have to wait until I have the time to spend making prints. I hope you can forgive the delay in listening, as it is otherwise a wonderful podcast to listen to while making prints, since I'm doing film photography while listening to a show about film photography. In any case, I have to admit, I was slightly triggered on the topic of how to file <laughs> negatives. Hearing that Graham has negatives, albeit in sleeves... <laughs> oof. I think we, um, sorry, oh sorry, he, uh, I'm mishearing that Graham has, I think he missed a bit on the floor. Yes, hearing that Graham on the floor, has I think, on the floor, yeah. albeit in sleeves. Oof. He was that, that sort of like upset by it, he missed out the words, yeah. he couldn't even bring himself to say it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's still Graham on the floor. Hearing that Graham has negatives, <laughs> yeah, on the floor, albeit in sleeves. I think gave me physical pain. I can, yeah. I can see where he's going with that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still on the floor. I thought I might share my method. Mine is perhaps too complicated for many. Oh boy, buckle up. But it works for me. <laughs> so here goes. Uh, step one. I wrote a web application. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm out. <laughs> uh, <done. laughs> okay. I wrote a web application that I used to log information about exposures, e.g. camera, lens, filter, film, etc. Along with how I developed it and various notes. The idea was I can print these out in a readable shot list, as my writing is horrific, and file them with my negatives in a binder. I also use this to log my information about my darkroom prints, as well as my extol replenishment information. It's become my nexus of all things analogue photography. That seems like a good idea. Mm, very cool. My physical binder, this is where it gets going to get complicated. <laughs> My physical filing system revolves around a binder per year, or say 2020 to 2021, and so on, if I shot more than one binder's worth of film. Then I use regular dividers to divide things up further, either by topic or big events. So one might be large format, another might be a big vacation that year, one might be portraits. I don't worry too much about specifics, as there aren't uh, too many groups. Within each group, I typically use a shorthand code with a number. So for large format, sleeves would be labelled LF1, LF2, etc. For vacation, it might say VG1, VG2, etc. Uh, for a trip, I took to Virginia State. Sometimes I'll get fancy and use a short code for the film format used. So VGLF1 for large format shots, VGP1 for Provia, etc. I would never... It's, like, it's been the case with most of these things where there's been abbreviations. Like, oh, I would never remember what any of these abbreviations are. <laughs> this is why you need a key, right? Yeah. You, put, you write down your key, then, then it does make sense. But yeah, yeah, you wouldn't remember it necessarily off the top of your head. Yeah. No. Um... Generally, when I glance at the code, I basically know what it is based on context clues, but the dividers help. The web app is built with this filing system in mind, so I can also just search through it to find the file code, topic, and year. In Lightroom, I group things the same way, so I can also find them by searching around in there. Is this complicated? Probably, but to no offence at all to Graham, I can say I've never had my negatives on the floor with this method. <laughs> well, you haven't lived... 
Um, I recognise this is long and it may not need to be read on backing paper or anything. Well, I mean, I think it's great. I, I, too late. Yeah, one too late. But I think it's good hearing other people's systems. Yes. Um, I think we can all get something from it. I, think, I just, I, yeah, see, I like the idea of the dividers in that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just had to share it with you because otherwise the visual thought of negatives on the floor would not leave my mind. This is really has affected him. <laughs> and Aww. I would have been unable to focus on my darkroom printing. Again, thanks for all you do. I'm sure many people say it, but I believe it does and has made a huge impact on the film community. Nobody ever says that. Um, it <laughs> certainly has had an impact on me. Well, <laughs> what kind of impact? Well, there we go. <laughs> uh, kind regards and congratulations for getting to the end of my filing system essay uh, from Tim. Uh, that's wonderful. Um, oh, Tim, I'm so pleased to hear that you found something like this that that works for you, and I'm full of admiration for the whole. I've just built a web app, <laughs> you know, as you do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Maybe uh, that all sounds fantastic. Though. It does. You know, that would be great. My, I guess, my question about it is, let's say, um, when it comes to kind of like grouping them, it might be a big vacation, or one might be portraits, and you know, and you're dividing that up with the dividers and things how how do you work it when you've got maybe two shots of one thing on one roll of film right in the middle that is kind of like a subject you know of i don't know let's say car, cars for example mm -hmm. um and then maybe six months later you did another four shots of cars you know do you, do you cut those out of the roll of film and then put them together into a negative sleeve together, so that then they sit in the cars section. Mm. Do you know? You know what I mean? That, that's my only like, hmm. Because sometimes that happens. Like to me, I don't know if this happens to other people, but you you can have you can be like, right, this is the camera I want to use to shoot this, and I've got the right kind of film in that. But I might only take two or three frames of one particular topic or subject or project or whatever. And then maybe the next 12 frames are on something completely different at a completely different time in a di completely different location. And then maybe the next, you know, eight frames are something else again. And, and that's that's where I get stuck, I think, is the problem. Yeah, I think notes are the only way that you, if you, yeah. to actually put notes there. Um, Seeing as we love triggering listeners, what... <laughs> Here's another thing that I've heard somebody has done in the past. So imagine that you're scanning your negatives using a flatbed yeah. scanner mm -hmm. and you take them out of the sheet, put them in, scan, scan, scan. It's all good. Um, and then you, you know, you, the negative sleeves are on the floor where they live and you, oh, and you must tidy some of these up. So you put them away in a binder in no particular order. And then um, you come to scan some other negatives in and you open up the Open up the scanner and go... Is this, this hypothetical? And this is somebody I know, a friend of a friend. Mm, and you open up the scanner mm. and go, oh, there's still two strips of negatives in here from last time I scanned. <laughs> well, I'll just shove these into this negative sleeve that I've got now. This is completely not the one that they came from. It's just... <laughs> Do you know how awful this is going to be for Tim? Poor Tim, he wrote this lovely email in and now you've just created this whole extra I, hey, listen, area I of worry. I wouldn't do that. I've heard about people... A friend of a friend. That. A friend mm -hmm. of a friend who does that. I, ha I have done that where I have totally forgotten that the ones that I was scanning last on that roll have ended up sitting in the scanner for ages afterwards. But 
but I do go back and put them back where they were supposed to go come from, although it's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I can see how that could happen. Yeah. Um, I think your friend might need help. Yeah. And I mean, in answer to your question, Rach, I mean, the solution is just keep everything on the floor because then you can just find it. <laughs> just easily put things in hand. Um, well, I I'll... did think, mate, sorry. No, that's right. I'm going to take this quick one, Rach, because the last okay. one's from Matt Murray. And we all know you have to read the ones from Matt Murray. So um, we've got a quick one here from uh, Gilbert Townsend, who writes in, Hello, Graham and Rachel slash this week's co-conspirator. It is very much the wonderful Rachel. <laughs> Maybe you're sick of me. Who knows? I mean, it's only been one month, Gilbert. Even we have more tolerance than that. If you're not, and you've forgiven me for not being able to make it to your photo walk, I have not. I have February's photo a day diary for you. So uh, listeners will hopefully have enjoyed the last one we got from you, but I certainly did. Uh, I even forgot to mention it included the leap day. Go me. Well done. <laughs> Hope all is well from Gilbert. P.S. My Instagram is at GM Townsend. So that's uh, G-M-T-O-W-N-S-H-E-N-D as stated in the recording. It has an H in it to confuse people should you choose to add to the show notes. Well, I will, Gilbert, so then people will have no excuse for their confusion. Uh, and I will, of course, add uh, that to the end of this uh, podcast recording. So listen up for Gilbert's um February photo a day diary. I'm, I haven't listened to it yet. I am personally excited to hear how it's going, but it sounds like he's still managing to truck on with it two months in. Right, Rach, that leaves us with our last email from the wonderful Matt Murray from Matt Loves Cameras. Okay, lovely. Um, so Matt's written in to say, Good day, Sunbeams. I hope you're. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, What's wrong on. with Good day, Sunbeams? That's what he's written. No, just the way you said it. It was delightful. Carry on. Was it? Was it? Oh, well, it wasn't meant to be in any particular way. It was just me reading it, being happy, <laughs> and now I'm not. I'm scared now. <laughs> uh, good day, sunbeams. I hope you're all keeping dry over there, and the floodwaters are not affecting you. Um, news here from Sunny Oz is that the 2020 Matt Loves Panos Plastic Pano Camera Challenge is now open. Uh, consider this an open invite for you and your listeners to dust off your craptastic fixed focus plastic cameras and join the Pano Fun. Entries are open from now until the 30th of April. Okay, hang on. There's a list of rules here. Um, of course the, there is. Uh, the idea, so this is what we're doing now. We're just explaining the rules for somebody else's challenge. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, the idea for a pano challenge was suggested by my friend Anthony, who's at My Instant Images, who received a wide pick panorama in the Immersive Secret Santa. From none other than Mr. Sunny16 himself, Graham Jago. Do you remember this, Graham? Oh, yeah, I'm very kind. <laughs> it's a plastic panoramic camera. You're welcome. Uh, Anthony also has a very nice Fuji 617, but for this competition, I have kept the barrier to entry low. Very low. Here are the details the camera must be made of plastic, the camera must be fixed focus, the camera must weigh less than 150 grams, five ounces. The camera needs to be capable of taking images in panoramic format. If the camera needs any kind of battery to operate, it's probably not eligible to take part. You can always check with me if you're unsure. Examples of eligible cameras include, but are not limited to, Ansco Pix, Wide Pick Panorama, Helena Panorama. I might have a Helena Panorama. I'll have to look. Uh, Panorama Optical Lens 22mm. And there's a variety of others I won't go into. Um, <laughs> it says, no X-Pan, Wide Looks, Linhoff, Fuji, Horseman or Horizont uh, cameras are allowed to take part in the challenge. No fancy Olympus stylus or Pentax zoom cameras with pano gates blinds. 
Sadly, no Sprocket Rockets as they zone focus. Uh, competition details. Uh, you can enter until the 30th of April. Full details um, are on mattlovescameras.com. So look out for the Matt Loves Panos post. Um, oh, and there's a craptastic prize. You'll be pleased to know, everybody. Um, <laughs> he says uh, it'll include the only official, hang on, only official Sunny 16 podcast mug in existence. I'm not sure that I would apply the word official. <laughs> Donated by Matthew Joseph. I was like, the only person I know who has that is Matthew Joseph. <laughs> yes. So this now actually does make sense. Um, and some crap film that fell down the back uh, of my fridge. If we get a lot of entries or a small number of amazing entries, we can look at doing a zine. Um, the judges are... Well, I see this is always important to find out, isn't it? Who's judging this? Are they people we respect? That's the question I have. <clears throat> um, okay. The judges are Matthew Joseph and Matt Murray. So no, then. also be taking part. <laughs> so. <Flando. laughs> <laughs> oh, who will also be taking part? So All right, proud. okay. That's the, this this whole thing is absolute bullshit. What on earth? I know, right? Um, we will be sending our portfolio to seven film photography podcasters to judge. We hope that one of the Sunny's hosts will help out with this. I assume that's you, Graham. Um, speaking of Matthew Joseph, he appears in the latest episode of Matt Loves Cameras. I almost dropped an X-Pam. Matthew becomes the first ever contestant in my Mastermind Quiz Challenge. Spoiler alert, he doesn't do very well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yours in film from Matt Murray, who's Matt Loves Cameras. Thanks very much, Matt. It's lovely to hear what you're up to uh, with the newest crazy challenge. So, uh, yeah, have fun with your pano challenges. Yeah, that was a lot, wasn't it? Good grief, I can't believe it. It was. I made it through, having having talked to so many people today. My, My voice is disappearing, so hopefully... Um, it's not cracking up too much. You can still understand what I was saying. <laughs> you still sound lovely, Rich. I have you still. You see, have you got mm. a plastic panoramic camera? I'm sure I must have one still somewhere around. I don't think I've given them all away yet. I have given uh, quite a lot of them away over the years. I don't think I don't think I do. I've got the split one that you gave me very kindly. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a panoramic. That no. I so no, I don't think I do. Um, but. I'll, you know, I'll live. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Enough on my plate at the moment, I think. But it does sound like a fun challenge. And uh, yeah, you've already got one, so... Probably somewhere. Unless I did actually send the last one away at Christmas. You just never can tell, can you? I'll have to have a dig around. Yeah. I was was still also thinking about the other email about, like, filing system and things, Mm. too. And I was just thinking maybe what I should do with my negatives is make a contact print of the sheet of negatives and then I could cut that up into small pieces. I could cut that up, couldn't I? Yeah. Into like small pieces and like just attach them to the, into a file in the right place. Yeah. So that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I'm not actually cutting up the strips of negatives and making life really difficult for myself to print in the dark room. Um, and, and I just, I don't like having just two 35 mil next to each other, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, I could do like a contact print of that and then cut that up. That might be a way of doing it. Do you, do you use the, um, transparent, um, negative holders or yours and the paper ones? Yeah. 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 Transparent ones, which means that I'd be able to do that pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that probably would be the easiest way of doing that, right? Yeah. I mean, cause like me, you don't have. And I can physically see it as well. I could be like, oh yeah, that's, you know, just my little reference. I mean, that's what contact sheets are for. Oh my God. That's what contact sheets are for. So Mm. you can actually see the images in, in positive, of course. 
of what's on that roll of film. Yeah, and I wonder if you, I don't know, neither you nor I do, but if you owned one of the uh, newer Epson scanners, which have the full full width negative scan as opposed to just the narrow strip down the middle, you could probably just do a full scan at low resolution of the um, negs as well. So it would just be oh, enough just to look through. So That sounds good. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Mine's the V550, so I can do 35 yeah. mil or 120. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, no, it wouldn't work but, with ours, but... Um, yeah, but that if you if you do have one of the fancy pants scanners, then yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, because I, I do think having a sheet with them that you could just keep, so you can at a glance just look down and go, oh yeah, that's yeah. what that is. That does make a lot of sense. I keep thinking that it's one like day... It's like a reference, like it's yeah. in this in this negative file, you yeah. know? But yeah, even just stick them to a piece of paper, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. Sorting out my negatives is one of those things I'm going to do when I retire. And I, yeah. and it's by which do I we mean, think we'll get that far? No, it's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, the, what I look at... So when my dad died, he, he had, for the years before, um, he'd really got into... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What does what people get into at a certain point in their life? Uh, family tree Gardening? stuff. No, not that. Um, family. He'd really got into like researching mm-hmm. the family tree, and you know, he's doing all this stuff. And this was before. This was like late nineties into the very early two thousands. So um, this was the before. Online resources were not. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. And um, and so when he died, I basically got given this cardboard box full of just shit. Basically, it's like here's loads of paper and random bits of stuff and occasional pieces and floppy disks that I'm not. And it's like here you go, deal with that. And I like, oh god, right. Well, at some point, uh, I'll look at that maybe. Um, and for me, my negatives are very much that for my children. <laughs> One day I'll die. It's like, well, you can sort that out. And they'll look at it and go, <laughs> right, put that in the box, put that in the loft, and never think about it again. It's uh, something for the next generation. That's my view. Okay, <laughs> on that very positive note, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks very much for your emails uh, this week, everybody. That's been awesome. Really yeah. nice to, to read them through. And some excellent ideas on how to better file. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, it's hard to imagine that there was a system better than mine, but somehow we found not one, but multiple ways of doing yeah, it better. I'm quite excited about my new idea. Yeah, you know? I think it's a good yeah. idea, Rachel. I think it's a good idea. Um, I'm and, sure people uh, already do this, and they're like, "Well, yeah. of course you do that, you idiot." But yeah, but it's getting I'm into just the feel- workflow with yeah. it, isn't it? It is just yeah. getting into a workflow yeah. with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it's funny whether you can easily incorporate it into your workflow because you know you, I know you're pushed for time like I am, and, and generally speaking, if you're in film developing mode, you're not in printing mode as well. Mm, um, so you kind of have to, uh, but maybe you just kind of do a few you know get your film developed yeah maybe i get like you know 10 together or something mm. when i've developed them and then and then go into the dark room and say okay take half an hour let's just go you know Mm. done sort of thing and then yeah so yeah anyway thoughts thoughts, yeah thoughts thoughts and the deep prayers um so that, as I said, is the last of the emails for this week. Uh, what do we need to remind you of before we move on to coffee stuff? I suppose the important things are we are less than two weeks away from the photography show at this point. <laughs> Eek. <laughs> I think it's fairly safe to say. Um, uh, it'll be great. <laughs> it will. It'll be, it'll be super lovely to see everybody there. That's what I'm. I, that, that's my shining beacon that I'm holding on to um, when I'm trying not desperately not to think of all the work that i need to do before we get to that point but i'm just like 
it's going to be lovely to see everybody. Um, and yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So am I. Uh, and as long as we don't think about the fact that we have to do a live podcast, it's very yeah, easy I'm to not feel that about way. That. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we are, and it will be yes. great. It, it will. will be great. Uh, I'm yeah. very excited about it. I've been having some conversations about what we're going to do this week. Um, so, yeah. uh, but not but not with Rachel and Aid. So no, they should be starting to no work. It's all um, going to be fun surprises for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of details, just to remind everybody, it will be on the Saturday night between five and seven pm on the uh, on the behind the behind the scenes stage behind the lens stage. Is that right? yes, yes, behind the lens stage. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, behind the lens stage. So, um, yeah, as as um, Graham pointed out the other week, it's 140 seater. So uh, please make sure you register and make sure you come along, please. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the important thing, isn't it? Right? Yeah. So, to, you do need to register. You, obviously, you need to get your ticket for the photography show anyway, um, and you can still use. There is still time to use the code Sunny TPS twenty to get. Um, your discount tickets, yeah, twenty percent off. Um, but as well as doing that, because this uh, the show is after the show has technically closed. It's just the after party, basically. This, yeah, this is the exclusive after party. This after is as, party. as hot as it gets. There is nothing else going on after this. We are the only thing that's happening after this. It's exclusive. very exclusive. Hell yes, we are. Um, you will need to get a ticket for it, otherwise you will not be allowed onto the site uh, or into the venue. No so, invite, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No invite, precisely. I mean, unless you're, I mean, I'm sure Dan Bassini could get his way in there to exactly. his charm, but you know, for the likes of us, me immortal. So, just go to the events page on the Photography Show website. Wait half an hour for it to load up because it is the slowest website on the internet. Oh my lord! Um, it's but all anyway. these photographers busy busy registering and things. That's why it's slow. I, I, I think they're using analog technology to power it. I think some. I think it's a hamster <laughs> with a bicycle pedaling there. Anyway, go to the events page and register for your ticket there. Um, we did mention that there were some early issues with people who registered promptly for these tickets uh, and they got one to come through with the incorrect details on they are supposed to sort that out if you have not had a correct ticket saying it's for the saturday at this time if it says sunny 19 don't worry too much about that i'm sure that'll be fine but, <laughs> oh boy um but if you haven't got a, a, an appropriate one through saying it's for the saturday at this time please do drop the photography show a line and nudge them or, or drop us a line and we'll pass that on to them and sort of say look what's happening with this because it's only I said it's less than two weeks away now. Tickets are free, obviously. Um, we keep saying this, but, although I don't feel like we need to. I can't imagine a world where we would ever charge people for this, but uh, it should be good fun. Um, yes. Please yeah. come out and support us <laughs> because we'll need it. Yeah. If not before, have, then certainly afterwards. Are we, we going to have like t shirts and stuff? For us, I mean. <laughs> I, I, nope, I'm going to be topless, Rach. That's, that's going to be the big that draw. That wasn't what I meant, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, I hope so. We need to. That's another thing that I need to chase up. Um, so we'll get on that as well. Um, uh, and with that in mind, actually, our guests on the Sunny 16 podcast this week, um, because I, I know we're not going to have much time to chat to people at the show because people mm. are all super busy. So in a little preview way, a couple of our good friends are going to be joining us this week on the show. It is the 
double delight, double Steve's, Steve's, double Steve's this week. We've got Steve Lloyd from Chroma Camera and um, Stephen uh, Downing from Cosmo Photo, uh, who are both going to be joining us this week to talk about just what they're up to and what they're bringing to the photography show um, and just the general catch because we haven't spoken to them for a while. So that'll be nice, yeah. won't it? That'll be grand. Yes, lovely. Um, and both North and South being represented there. Um, exactly. So, uh, very good. Um, I'm ever so sorry. I've realised that um, Adam is crashing around downstairs, sorting out the dishes from our friends having come round for some doll. So uh, <laughs> apologies if you can hear that going on in the background. He left the. He very kindly brought me a, a drink. So I have a, a lovely whiskey here, which is helping with my throat. But um, he... <laughs> he, he medicinal um but he left the door open so i'm just gonna go and shut the door so we can finish off the show <laughs> i'll be back in one moment I, I personally i think the bigger crime is that um rachel clearly got a lovely vegetarian dal made and we didn't get any uh for that i think is far worse than having to listen to any banging around in the background but you know such is the lot of a podcaster if she really cares she'd have posted me some down but we'll find out what are you saying about me? Nothing, Rach. <laughs> uh, nothing whatsoever. Behind shall, my back. Shall shall we shall we do our the coffee thanks for our wonderful coffee list uh, donors Absolutely. this week, Rach? Absolutely. Let's do that. Sounds okay. Good. Um, so we've got a new donor this week. Yay! Uh, who's Woo! our new, new donor, donor this Jackson. week? <laughs> oh yeah, pa, 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 pa. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, and I mean, this is, I was going to say this is a spoiler, but I think I looked at it and then thought this is probably isn't a good idea. I absolutely was looking on Amazon air horn, thinking, can I take an air horn to do the live podcast? <laughs> but I've never, I've never had an air horn, so I don't really know quite how loud they are and whether this is a bad idea. Well, maybe we air... should go more. Maybe we should go a bit more like old school style because we are analog, obviously, and um, and go for the football um, swig. Whatever that you know, like you whiz them round in your hand. The rattles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's we could. That's that, that's something that we could do. That. Well, what is it? I said to to um, Ruth when we had her on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We either need you know 140 people to turn up, or we need five people with boo sailors. <laughs> Either of those yes. will make it fill the space. That's so, true. Um, but yeah, I did. Anyway, quite you were that. saying. Uh, no, that was it. I, I just I was looking oh. at air horns on Amazon, thinking maybe I'll okay. get an air horn to bring. <laughs> and then somebody else said, maybe you shouldn't do that. Break, <laughs> so, breaking news. Yes. Yeah, clearly. So, uh, so who is our new donor this week, Rach? Uh, we have Marcus Lajoma, I think. Sounds um, good to me. My apologies, Marcus, if I've mispronounced your surname, uh, which is in all probability very likely. <laughs> um <laughs> He said, um, so after listening to all the episodes of FPP in about one and a half years, my gosh, um, that's that's a lot to get through in that amount of time, considering how many they've made. Um, but he says he needed more. Sunny 16 is now the soundtrack of my developing sessions. I need to shoot a lot more, though, to be able to reach all the way back to episode one within this decade. <laughs> we did have a listener who was, was listening at one and a half speed or two two speed <laughs> uh, all the way through the, the back catalogue which made us sound like chipmunks and also made us sound very slow and drunk when they finally finished <laughs> and got to listen to the new episodes where we speak at a normal speed because <laughs> they were used to us being much faster uh, so that's a possibility isn't it yeah it's fun. i i have started listening to sometimes i do listen to some podcasts at one and a half speed um to you know because i listen to a lot of podcasts oh and with some people it kind of speeds them up to 
um, almost normal speaking speeds, <laughs> some of the slower speaking ones. I, I'm not sure I'd want to try and listen to myself speaking at one and a half speeds. We're ve- we're both very we both speak very quickly yeah. actually. So yeah, we we would just be a jumble, wouldn't we? A jumble of words. Yeah, very, I mean, ve- sort of like various noises, and that's about it. That's, yeah, I mean that sounds like just us in general, really, doesn't it? To yeah. be fair. Yeah, that's true. I don't know uh, that listening at normal speed would make that much difference. No. Um, to the sense that we make but there we go no no well, well thank you very any... much marcus that's great yes thank you marcus that's wonderful and best of luck i don't think you need to go all the way back to episode one i think you're probably all right um once you reach you know rachel i mean there was some we had some great guests on before rachel as well but you know pre-rachel it, it definitely it, it's lacking a little something um but uh, friends you know. before me <laughs> <laughs> well i mean get guests uh, and you know some some people who are very much were friends you know eric was on early and cory um, lens lesson yeah so we did have some lovely people on early but you know it's when you joined us that the magic really started to happen <laughs> so thanks anyway marcus that's brilliant and i can see that we have three names here okay yes well uh, i've kept it to three this week because i wanted to wrap up uh, uh compliment february as uh, everyone's been calling it um a lovely month of compliments uh, after we had name that cow january we've had compliment february <laughs> Who knows what March will bring? Not, oh, and a leap, me. a leap day, a leap year day extra, wasn't it this year? So yeah, like, yeah. exactly. For, for another day to get extra compliments in, um, so that's nice. So yes, um, I've got the notes here sent in fresh from our researchers. So who are we paying compliment to on this week's show, Rach? We're starting with Joe Baker. Joe Baker has a voice so syrupy sweet. It will t- if you talk to him for more than ten minutes, your teeth will fall out and you'll get diabetes. Barry Carr. Barry Carr is so awesome smelling that even after weeks trekking through jungles in thick boots, though his feet may smell cheesy, it's the kind of cheese you'd pay top dollar for at Marks and Spencer's. Ooh, Wensleydale. Um, Dunstan. Yeah, his feet smell like quality Wensleydale. Uh, okay. Uh, Dunstan has lovely soft hands like a baby, which he's got from daily smotherings of his hands in goose fat. He also has very strong hands, which is what you get when you have to squeeze fat out of an angry goose every day. <laughs> oh, <God. gasps> oh, I thought one week. <laughs> you specifically put that oh, I, I... It's not. It's not every week. (laughs) It's the researchers, Rach. It's not me. It's not me. (laughs) These are just facts. (laughs) Let's not fight. Let's not fight. Let's shoot film. Be nice. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Take that with Dunstan, not me. Um, thank you so much to all of our wonderful donors. As I mentioned last week, this time of year, when all of the subscri- subscriptions for the various things we have to pay for click round, like the website and for um, our hosting and everything like that, it is such a relief to be able to pay for those uh, with the help of these donations. Yeah. Um, uh, as opposed to having to go and speak to our, our better halves and go, um, could we dip into the household budget, please, to pay for this? Uh, it is it is a big deal. It's a really big deal for us. So thank you so much uh, for making this happen. Um, it is wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's it, isn't it, Rach? Um, that's us for another, another week of backing paper. And uh, it sounds like we've got a lovely show lined up with some fab guests on um, later this week so that's 
that's all good. Yeah, it certainly is. Really looking forward to talking to those guys. Um, we will play you out, as always, with the wonderful band Schnauzer uh, from uh, the song Remortgaging the Nest of Hairs. You can find them on uh, Spotify, which is where I listen to them, but they're on Bandcamp and uh, other places as well, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with the Sunny 16 podcast. Until then, listeners, have a lovely week. Have a lovely week. Hello Sonnies, it's Gilbert here with the February instalment of my audio diary about taking photographs every day. The first thing I should probably talk about is where you can actually see some of these images because I realised that's something that I entirely left out of the first instalment of this which is perhaps something of an oversight. I've been uploading them in sort of fits and starts as I develop films to my Instagram account which hopefully I will get Graham to add to the show notes, but it is at GM Townsend, and because uh, my family in the past had to be difficult, Townsend has an H in it, much like Pete Townsend of The Who. If any of you are that old, uh, I'm not really, but people did used to ring up when I was small asking if my dad was Pete Townsend, which was um, amusing until it wasn't, perhaps. Anyway, so this month I got off to something of a bad start because I badly loaded my Minolta and thought I had taken an entire roll and turns out I had taken nothing which I think is possibly the first time I've done that so that was fun and I had to go back where I could and retake a few of the images although some like a trip to Brighton to look around the university there didn't really um, have an immediate analogue that I could use to replace them with but as much as I can I've um, stitched some things in to make up for it I had a go at repairing the uh, inherited Olympus from last month. Um, I managed to get some of it working, but not entirely, so that's still a work in progress. And in trying to fiddle with the Minolta that didn't load, I have managed to make it slightly better than it was, but also slightly worse. So if um, any of you are going to the photography show and happen across a wrecked Minolta 303 in one of Camera Rescue's bins or something, that would be uh, appreciated if you could rescue it and um, uh, find a way of sending it to me. And I will, of course, uh, reimburse anyone who does that. That said, if five of you do it, then I will be slightly stuffed. I stuck mostly, or almost entirely, with one kind of notable exception that I'll get to, to 35mm and colour film in one of the few cameras that I know works, which is my mum's Nikon FE2, which I've stolen. Well, I stole many years ago and she doesn't seem to mind. Although I did nudge her into shooting a roll of it at Christmas time, so uh, that was quite a nice thing. And uh, I've quite enjoyed reducing things down to just one camera again. And it's made me realise that I do sort of look at the world through roughly 50 millimetres. Whenever I try and frame something up, I'm kind of consciously aware that like, oh yes, that'll just about fit in, which is quite nice. I did a bit of travel. As mentioned, I went to uh, look around Brighton at the beginning of the month, which was quite nice. 
I was there to have a look around Brighton's MA photography course, which seems actually really nice. Um, I've been trying to get on to NMA and had two places say no this month, which was a bit of a bummer, but uh, hopefully this will be better. Because of the camera mix-up and although all of those photos are, I suppose, lost to time, it was still quite a good exercise to walk around and try and take photographs of things and just generally expend most of a roll of film in one place. So I like that. And I tried to repeat it a little bit at the end of this month in Soho and actually realised that I kind of hate it and taking photographs of people makes me really anxious. So perhaps that is something I should uh, practice. To talk a bit more about the kind of photographs that I've been taking, it seems to be in equal measure still life and architecture this month. Perhaps more leaning towards the things side of, of that. Um, there's been a certain amount of plant-based photographs, the odd bit of cake, some possibly quite blurry things where there hasn't been much light, and quite a few things of moss, which I'm not quite sure why moss seems to be so interesting, but apparently it is. And I also rather enjoy walking around botanical gardens, so there's a, a few things in the Barbican Conservatory, which if any of you who have never been um, are in London is really worth a visit, although it can be a bit crammed and is only open on Saturdays and Sundays. One exception to the kind of rule of just having a 35mm camera with me out was uh, one day just after, or maybe it was the beginning of uh, being extremely windy, I went out and did a mini photo shoot with a friend of mine who had agreed to model very nicely, except for the fact that on that day we were in danger of being blown away and she was incredibly hungover. So the results of that are perhaps a little bit strange, but those I ended up doing on medium format with a couple of Polaroids interspersed. So that will be the one exception for it. But contrary to what I was saying about not liking taking photographs of strangers on the street when it's somebody who's actually agreed to sit for me or stand for me, or in this particular case, swing on a children's swing because it seemed like a thing to do at the time. That was more fun, although it did take me to the end of the third roll of film that I was shooting before I actually got confident in giving some direction, so that's definitely something I need to work on. Lastly, uh, thoughts about March are probably to shoot black and white, given that February was in colour, and fingers crossed that I have a collaboration with the very nice Simon Forster of the Classic Lenses and Large Format Photography podcast, so we might be doing a bit of sort of jolly cooperation on that one. But that remains to be seen. Hopefully I will have more to tell you on that next month. I hope you all manage to get out and shoot some film and either make some work that you're happy with or feel like you're going in the right direction. Remember to shoot film and be nice, and I will talk to you all at the end of next month. Bye.